tonight's Bible reading comes from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Hi everyone. Let me add a welcome to you if you're visiting here tonight particularly. We are glad that you could be with us and join us as we continue our series on pausing and praying. Trust that you received the welcome pack on the way in. If you didn't, then it would be great if you could pick one of those up as you go out, if you would enjoy like that to do. Tonight we're talking about thankfulness. It's great to have the words up on stage to remind us that prayer is a significant part of our relationship with the living God, with the Lord Jesus, with the triune God. <clears throat> Last week we began, we spoke about how when we come to God, prayer is a conversation which is directed to God from the heart, to God. He's our Father, so there's a sense of intimacy, of relationship, of closeness that he desires with us. David spoke about that last Sunday night. But he's also our Heavenly Father, that he is the Sovereign King, and that we cannot presume or become over-familiar with him, that he is still God. And so there's an attitude of worship or of awe or of respect that is appropriate in our relationship with him. Tonight, as we did this morning, we're going to focus upon as we understand who that God is and what he is like, then the appropriate response from us is one of thankfulness for who he is, for what he's doing, for what he has given us. And even as we increase in our awareness of who we are and what we are like, it will develop this attitude and appropriate response of thankfulness. So before I jump in, would you pray with me? Let's pray together. Father, it's always a opportunity, a privilege for us to gather together to open your word, to read it, to study it, to share together, to learn together. We thank you for this blessing that you have provided for us and that through this means we might come to know more about you and how you work in the world. Lord, tonight I pray that you might uh, again teach us by your spirit, through your word, of about this issue of being thankful, that we are not only to be thankful but to express that thankfulness to you. So Lord, speak to us, remind us, challenge us, shape us and have your way in us. We ask this for the honour and glory of the Lord Jesus. In his name we meet together. And everybody said, when I was at school, which is a long, 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 long time ago now, I studied in high school, the end of high school, Shakespeare and I was not a great reader in those days. I don't think I had read one book completely by the time I got to the end of the high school. I was a very poor reader. 
was a very slow reader and I'm not much quicker these days but I love to read and I can remember and I'll never forget the experience because I hated it we studied Shakespeare who studied Shakespeare? you understand exactly what I'm saying no some of you love who loves Shakespeare? let's pray for those people Shakespeare is very, very clever. I, in fact, have gone and bought the whole works of Shakespeare and I promised myself that I'm going to read them. I bought them electronically. I'm going to read them on my phone. <laughs> very small. The one play, the one book of Shakespeare that I studied was King Lear. And we must have studied it nearly all year. So I got some of it, but only because the teacher was very patient with us and drove some of it in. On tonight's topic, there is this great quote from that. King Lear. Talking about ingratitude, he says, Thou marble-hearted friend, ingratitude. A marble-hearted friend, hard-hearted, ingratitude. How sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child. How sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child. Like Shakespeare, you sort of got to think about it, twist it, turn it around and they go, oh, that's what he means. Having a thankless child uh, wounds, hurts, in fact, can kill. Can certainly kill the relationship. We've been thinking tonight about the greatness of God and how God's at work in our lives and things like that. And one of the lines in the songs is, here we are, Lord, and uh, I know who I am. I'm a sinful man and I'm here in your presence. One of the flaws of my character, and I don't think I'm alone at all, but when somebody is ungrateful, when somebody is unthankful, it has an effect upon me. It really demotivates me pretty quickly. In fact, I can become resentful towards that person. That, well, blow you. I won't do that again. I won't put myself in that situation where you're just going to be abusive or something like that. I don't think I'm alone in doing that. Um, and sometimes I guess that can be a correct response that we are more guarded, but the resentment is not. That's part of my own flawed sinful nature. If you trace the word thankfulness through the Scriptures, Old and New Testaments, then you'll pick up a very strong sense of God's attitude to this thing of thankfulness. He's very concerned about it. God loves gratitude. He loves for us to be thankful. But God also hates ingratitude. He loathes it. He is more than disappointed in it. He's a little bit peeved with it. He's furious even about it. So gratitude is something that God certainly wants us to be taught, something to be modelled and something for us to experience and incorporate into our lives with him. Psalm 69 verse 30 says, I will praise the name of God with song and shall magnify him with thanksgiving. Psalm 95 verse 2 Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving Psalm 104 Psalm 100 verse 4 Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise Give thanks to him Bless his name Or finally even all the, all the way to the end of the Bible Revelation chapter 7 verse 12 Blessing and glory, thanksgiving and honour Be to our God forever and ever Even in heaven we will be Blessing and thanking God. God loves gratitude and he looks for it in our lives. And in fact, 
it's one of the marks that if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus, one of the marks of being a follower of him is that you will be thankful. To be unthankful is an indicator that you are not in a close or in a relationship with him. Thankfulness flows out of relationship and awareness. Awareness of who God is, of what God has done, but also awareness of what we are like. I won't talk too much about this tonight, but we are very frail creatures. The older I get, the more real that becomes for me. We are sinful and we are flawed. We are surrounded by very powerful spiritual forces that are beyond our ability to cope outside of God, outside the Lord Jesus. We need food, water and sleep every day. And if we don't get it, it affects us greatly. We are so weak and vulnerable. We are so dependent upon God's common grace for the very basics of life. For our sheer survival, God's got to be continually extending to us even the very breath that we take day by day is all at his hands. We are fully dependent upon him. And it's our awareness of that. Now I would expect that most of you, oh yeah, I know that. But it's not just knowing that here, it's having that as a filter into all of life's circumstances that when that is correctly understood and held, then that will certainly generate an attitude of thankfulness. Most of us are in the habit that before we eat a meal, we will pause and we will give thanks. Most of us do it beforehand. Some may do it afterwards. Some may do it both. The Jewish people do it afterwards. But that attitude of before meals, giving thanks to God, is appropriate in all situations, in all circumstances. That's what the Bible teaches us. Um, Without going through every single reference, uh, which would be fun, but just to highlight just this one and maybe a couple of others tonight. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20. If you've got your Bible, flip over there. The passage is talking about being a follower of the Lord Jesus and how to live in this world as we seek to follow him. The Apostle Paul says in verse 18 that we're not to get drunk with wine, just debauchery, but we are to be filled with the Spirit. Just like if you drink too much wine or drink too much alcohol, it's going to lead inevitably to showing itself as being drunk. No, rather than that, we are rather to be filled with the Spirit. If we are filled with the Spirit under his influence, there are certain consequences that flow from that, and he lists four in verses 19 to 20. He says that we'll be speaking to one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Speaking to one another. There'll be communication. And it's not just content, but there's a tone that he's talking about. It's the way we speak to one another. There's an attitude of when we are under the influence, under the control, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, there will be a sense of not just theological content, biblical truth, but there will also be a sense of love, of commitment and concern for the other person talking to the people of God about God and about what God's doing in their lives that's the first one, speaking to one another he then goes on to talk about singing and making music in your hearts to God singing that when you become a follower of Jesus and the influence of the Holy Spirit that there will be a a welling up within you a desire to praise and to honour him singing in the heart to the Lord third manifestation of being 
a follower of the Lord Jesus, filled with his spirit, is thankfulness. Giving thanks to God the Father for each other in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thankfulness. One of the marks of being a follower of Jesus under the influence of the Spirit is thankfulness. That's one of the indicators. So flip that. If thankfulness is not part of your life, then it could be appointed to the truth that in fact you are not yet in a right relationship with him. That's worth pursuing and thinking about. But it's that third dimension that we're going to focus upon tonight. The fourth one, he says, is an attitude of submission. Verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Thankfulness is to encompass all of life. When the Holy Spirit fills believers, that will be the appropriate response. There are three attitudes to thankfulness, generally speaking, I guess. There are those who don't do it. There are people who do do it, but don't do it correctly or sincerely. And then it's the genuine, the real thing. Over here, there are people who are unbelievers, people who are atheists, people who do not thank God, who do not think it's necessary to thank God, and so they don't. They live through life as if um, it's just expected. It's all of the good things that happen to them. It's normal and they deserve it. In fact, they probably think that they deserve more. They disregard God in their life. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 talks about people who do not acknowledge God and therefore do not glorify him or thank him. God is just not in their thinking, not factored into the relationship at all. They just don't do it. Jesus told a story about a man who was a rich farmer in Luke chapter 12 who one season had a bumper crop and God was not in his thoughts. What did he do? never gave thanks to God, never considered about the frailty of his own life of what could happen. He thought, I know what I'll do. I'll knock all my barns down, I'll build bigger barns and I'll put the crops in that and I'll keep it all for myself for my investments for the future. I'll live happy ever after. I'll be merry and wise and everything else. Didn't consider God at all. That very night he dies. That very night God comes to him and says, you fool, now who's going to get all these things that you desire? There are some people who live life like that. God's not in it and they're not thankful. We're not talking about them. There are other people who are in the middle. They're hypocrites. They're people who say it but they don't mean it. They're insincere. It's empty thanks to God. Like David demonstrated this morning when parents need to teach their children to say thanks. It is something we do need to teach the kids because it's an attribute that is worth having. It's appropriate. But sometimes, and you've all seen it and you've all experienced it probably, that sometimes you give a gift to somebody, to a little child, and you don't let go of it until they say thanks. But they say thanks reluctantly. They say thanks emptily. You've experienced that, haven't you? I can almost illustrate that with my own grandchildren. Two of the most gifted, intelligent, beautiful girls in Australia, in Australia will do, but as they age, I become, to be very honest with you, they're very sinful. My son is a flawed creature because he comes from his mother <laughs> and father. Violet is just over one. This week she's discovered the word no. And she can do it with expression, with feeling and with depth of meaning apparently. Shane and Gretel have had a terrible week because of one little 14, 15 month year old. No. Some people can um, 
in giving thanks to God are really motivated by that same adage of that same selfishness, sinfulness. Luke 18, Jesus tells a parable of two guys who go up to church, up to the temple one day to pray. One is standing there, one is a tax collector and is beaten up and he's done some bad things in his life and he's really sorry and he's going to pray in a minute. There's another guy there who's a religious person who's pretty good. If you met him, you'd be impressed with him, I would think. Most of us, he's moral, he's upright, he's religious, he's knowledgeable. I don't know how friendly or nice he is, but he stands and he prays and he says, I thank you, God, that I'm not like others, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I pay tithes of all that I get. I thank you, God, that I'm not like them. He's not thanking God. He's using prayer and thanks in prayer as a means of promoting himself. It's a sham, it's a pretense, it's a performance that he's given for others to hear. Well, some people do that when they pray and give thanks. Showing off how knowledgeable they are or whatever. I'm not talking about that. Or in that story, which is a lovely story, in Luke 17 that Katie read to us tonight about the ten lepers, one of them was genuine and coming back to Jesus. But when Jesus says, go you know, go and show the priest, on the way they get healed, one out of the ten returns, comes back and falls before Jesus and says, thank you, thank you, thank you. He had a lot to be thankful for, so do we. He recognised his frailty and his inability to heal himself. He knew that he needed God's intervention in his life, in his situation. He believed that God could, and so he asked for it. And he received it. He knew he didn't deserve it. It was entirely out of the grace and the goodness of God. And so it was appropriate. He gave thanks and glory to God. God received that thanks. The Lord Jesus received that thanks. And notice this. Jesus noticed. Only one of the ten returned. And Jesus asked the question, weren't there ten? Where are the other nine? He notices when we don't give thanks. And for the person who came back and did give thanks, of course, that opens the heart of God to even give more. And so he receives the blessing of salvation as well. We are certainly more prone to ask for things than we are to give thanks for things. John MacArthur talks about a medieval legend um, where two angels are sent to earth. One is angel is sent to collect all the prayers of the saints, all the petitions, all of the asking for prayers. And the other angels are sent to pick up all of the thanksgivings prayers. The legend says that the first angel who came to pick up the petitions, uh, he couldn't take all of the petitions back to heaven in one trip. He had to come for several loads. There were so many petitions the saints were asking, but the angel who came to collect the thanksgiving could carry it all back in one hand. We are far more prone to ask for things than we are to thank God for. It's appropriate to ask. But tonight we're focusing upon a genuine part of our prayer experience ought to be an awareness of who God is and what he has done and how frail we are and therefore thankfulness in the midst of our life situation. We are more prone to ask for things than to say thanks. We need to be aware of that and perhaps to address that balance in our life. The Psalms, here is something for you to check out. The Psalms contain more praise and thanks than they do petition. How about that? The Psalms in the Old Testament contain more praise and thanks than they do petition. Check it out. Well, Ephesians 5.20, let's focus just on that one verse. 
when are we to be thankful? This verse says, always giving thanks to God the Father for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When? Always. Well, over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for us to be thankful, always, every day, constantly, continually, thankful, thankful to God, thankful because of who he is and what he is doing. That's the perspective. To be thankless is to have an attitude of either assuming that you deserve it or in fact disregarding God, like the first group. That God's not in control, that God's not, Jesus is not Lord, that the Holy Spirit is not present, the Holy Spirit is not working in my life or my situation. I am tuned out. God certainly allows us to have trials and difficulties and even in the midst of those, I'm going to say tonight, we are to be thankful, to look for what is God doing. Not to be thankful for it, but to be thankful for what God is doing in it and through it. The Lord Jesus illustrates that for me very powerfully in a little experience tucked away in the Gospel of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 11, got your Bible, flip over to there. Matthew 11, verse 25 and 26. It's the context which underlines the shock of these two verses. Matthew 11:25 simply says, At that time Jesus said, <coughs> I praise you or I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and you've revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your gracious will. In the midst, in the context, Jesus pauses and he says, Thanks, Heavenly Father. You've hidden these things from the sophisticated and from the spiritual know-it-alls and you are at work. You're revealing this to people who are infants in the faith, little children. What's the context? Well, the context of Matthew 11 before this is John the Baptist's misunderstanding. He's got rising questions and doubts and it's preceded immediately by his experience in his own hometown village where these villagers have rejected him. In the midst of misunderstanding about his messianic mission, in the midst of people rejecting him, being indifferent to him and just saying he's irrelevant, Jesus says, thank you, Heavenly Father, you are at work misunderstanding, rejection. Jesus' eyes weren't on that. His eyes were on the Father. What is God doing? And that's the direction for us to go. Sometimes, often in fact, God's ways are far superior to ours. Here is Jesus, unprovoked, spontaneous, simply thanking the Father. That's Jesus' perspective. That's to be our perspective. When are we to thank God? Always every day, throughout the day. For what? For all things, in all situations, in all circumstances. There are three levels of thankfulness. One, we should thank God for the good stuff, obviously. That's easy. That's the easiest thing to do. You can look back and you can even look around and what good things has God done and provided for me that I can be thankful for? When things are going well, when we're happy, when we're contented, when you've had success, whether it's a job or sport or in a relationship or whatever, when you've been sick but you're now getting better, when you've been in conflict with somebody but now it's been resolved and it's being all sorted out, 
when uh, nice things are happening. When you get to go to the movies, and not just the movies, you get to go to gold class. And it's not just gold class, the movie is worth seeing in gold class. It's a pleasant experience. It's right to be thankful. Thank you, Lord, for the joy, for the goodness, for this lovely experience that you've given me. Thankful for the food, thankful for our clothes, thankful for our health, yada, 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 yada. All of the good things that God gives us, we know that. Thankful. We should also be thankful in the midst of the battle. And it's difficult. Now this is harder, but appropriate. When we're struggling, when there's trouble, when we're being tested. Thankful to God in all situations, Thessalonians says, and for all situations, Ephesians says. In it, and somehow for it. Now not for it as for the bad, evil, sinful things that happen. Not that. The scriptures aren't teaching us to give thanks to God for that which he loathes, for that which he is opposed to, but rather to give thanks for what God is doing in the midst of these bad things. Thanks for God's character, that he is good, that he is kind, that he is holy, that he is merciful, that he is just, that he is patient, that he is at work. Daniel chapter 6 illustrates this for us. That Daniel had just received bad news. There was a decree that everybody was to stop praying, no more thanking to any other god or gods, and that they were only to pray to the king. When Daniel got that news, he decided he did what was right. It's appropriate to worship and to honour and to thank God on a daily basis, and he did so. And he continued to do so three times a day. He saw God in the midst of the struggle and he was faithful to sticking to it. The Lord Jesus does on the Lord's Supper. When he has the Lord's Supper with the disciples, it's the very next day he's going, that night betrayed and the next day crucified. He breaks the bread and he gives thanks for what is about to come. That God was working his purposes out through him for us. Thankfulness that God is in control. It's Genesis chapter 50, verse 10, 20, verse 20, where Joseph says to his brothers, you guys meant this for bad, all the bad things they had done to him. You guys did this for evil, for bad reasons. But God allowed it. God did it for good. Seeing God at work even in evilness. That's the perspective that we are to learn and to increasingly adopt that God is sovereign and that he has work in us and around us. Um, come back to that in a minute. So when we are blessed, when good things are happening, that's easy. When life's a struggle, when it's difficult, when there are annoyances and irritations, things aren't going well. Even then, look for, Lord, what are you doing? How can I give you thanks in the midst of this? Even Jonah, chapter 2, verse 9, he says, but I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. Jonah, in the belly of the big fish, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. Sometimes thanks is a sacrifice. But it's having that biblical perspective. God is sovereign. He is at work. He is not defeated. He is loving, kind, gracious and good towards us. And he is working his purposes out. And he can marvellously take evil and bring good in our lives out of it. It may take some time, 
but that's what he has promised to do and that's to be our perspective not glibly and not uh, shallowly but solidly and you need the wisdom of Solomon when you are sharing this with other people these are truths that you can appropriate for yourselves far more readily and you need to be very careful and delicate when you are sharing these truths with others when others are struggling when others are um, just beaten up by life and they're down and out be very gentle and very careful very wise in what you say to them you know God is at work and all things will work together for good is the last thing they might want to hear they need to hear it they need that perspective but God's got to give it to them and if God's going to use you then I suggest you're going to need his wisdom the prompting of his spirit be very very careful let me give you four very quick verses for a framework on how do we thank God in the midst of bad things well here is a theological perspective four verses write these down Deuteronomy 29 verse 29 is the first one the secret things the things that have been revealed in the scriptures belong to us and to our children but the secret things belong to the Lord our God God has told us some things he's told us many things he hasn't told us everything and God is doing things that we don't know about and God is very patient and he's very merciful even to the people who irritate us and whom are hurting us and that God is working something out in their life he loves them and Jesus died for them and he wants to have mercy towards them even though they're irritating you hurting you so it's to have his perspective Lord what are you doing and what are you trying to achieve in this person's life Deuteronomy 29.29 God hasn't told us everything but God is at work Isaiah 55 verse 8 is the heavens are high above the earth so are his thoughts and his ways high above ours God thinks differently to us God's ways are different to how we would do things he is a God of justice and a God of mercy and he has perfect balance we don't, he does third verse is Genesis 18 verse 25 Genesis 18 verse 25 where it's Abraham who was interceding for the city of Sodom and Gomorrah and he's talking to God and he's saying if you find 50 righteous people don't destroy it okay I won't 50, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10 and then he stops and Abraham's statement Genesis 18 verse 25 is shall not the judge of all the earth do right shall not the judge of all the earth do right that's a great axiom that whatever is happening in your life God is doing the right thing bad things happen and for whatever reason God in his sovereignty allows that to happen allows people to make free choices and do bad things make bombs that will blow up innocent people God allows them to do that but he's still on the throne he's still in control and he's still working his purposes out and we don't know and we don't understand but we trust him in his sovereignty and his purposes and the last one of course is Romans 8.28 that God will has the ability to take evil he is at work in all situations and all things both for our development for our good but also primarily for the achievement of his purposes God is at work working all things for his honour and glory and for our growth and development when should we thank God? Always. For what? All things, in all situations. Not just the good things around us, not just the bad things that we're involved in in the midst of, of God at work in the midst of that. But also we should look ahead 
and we should be thankful to God for the hopes and for the bless, uh, for the hope and blessing of future victories that is coming to us. It's an anticipation. Uh, this requires, of course, faith and hope, trusting God and His Word, which is why we need to read our Bible to understand uh, who is God and what's He like and what's He doing and what's He promised. And it's believing those promises. John chapter 11, the Lord Jesus says at the tomb of Lazarus, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. I know you always hear me. But I said this because so those around me would know it. Jesus thanking the Father in advance before he gives the command for Lazarus to rise from the dead. Jesus understanding perfectly, of course, what God was going to do, God at work. So we as believers, like the Lord Jesus, are to take God's word seriously and to offer him thanks that he is a God who is working his purposes out. When? Always. For what? For all things, in all circumstances. That's maybe not a bad exercise for us. That thanks is to encompass every aspect and dimension of our life. Nothing is too trivial or silly for us to thank God for. I won't get this exactly right because it's too long ago since I read it. But Howard Hendricks, who's now gone home to be with the Lord, who was a magnificent preacher communicator, theological seminary at Dallas in the States, Texas, invited a a new professor who had just arrived at the the seminary to come round for dinner. And when he came round, Howard Hendricks had young children. And at the end of their evening meal, they did what they usually did, which was they read the scriptures and they prayed together. And when Howard Hendricks' children prayed, one of them gave thanks to God for their big wooden fence. Another one gave thanks to God for the sandpit. And another one gave thanks to God for something else which I can't remember. And the new theological professor who had come as the guest that night was shocked with how juvenile, childish the prayers of Howard Hendricks' children were. He would have thought something more theological, something more articulate to come from theological seminary's children, to which Hendricks just very simply said, when you get in your car and drive down the highway, do you ever pray for God to protect you? Every day. He said, what does my child mean when he says, thank you for the big brown fence, not the big fence. That's protecting him from the dog on the other side. That's what he means. He's in his own way, in his own will, thanking God for his protection. You know, in the sandpit is thanking God for fun to play outside and whatever the third one was. Howard Hendricks, the father, understood what was behind the prayer. That is our Heavenly Father. It doesn't have to be fancy or whatever, but it is um, encompassing all of life. You ever thank God for your car? Hmm? You probably prayed for your car, some of you. All of life, that's what I'm saying. Um, and I will certainly thank God for the Titans when they win. <coughs> It'll be a rare experience. But here is the exercise. This is what I was going to to get you to do. If Thanksgiving is to encompass all of life and if Thanksgiving is one of the manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit, when the Spirit is controlling my life, then I am um, speaking in a loving tone towards others. I'm singing in my heart, but I am thankful to God, submitting as well to those in authority over me. When I am thankful, then I'm not going to be complaining, whinging or negative or sour or bitter that's not typical of someone who is under the influence of the spirit that's not usually present when he's in control 
there are exceptions. There are times when God gets angry, gets annoyed, gets frustrated with sinful stubbornness and defiance. He does. The Bible is filled with Jesus. You know, in John chapter 2, he's in the temple, he's plaiting a rope, he's cranky. Um, In Mark chapter 6, he looks around at the synagogue people and he is annoyed at their hardness of heart. So when your annoyance, when your anger is spirit-driven, that's fine. But that's exceptional, I think. Generally, our complaining, our whinging, our negativity comes from our own fallenness, our own sinfulness, and not from being under the influence of the Spirit. So here is an exercise that I uh, challenge you to do. Think of a situation that you find irritating, annoying, frustrating, whether it's a relationship or whether it's a situation in church, at work, wherever, neighbours, where you live, whatever the situation is. And then the exercise is this. How can I see God at work in this situation and how can I give thanks to God in the midst of this? What can I learn about God and what he is trying to do and how can I be thankful in it? Challenge for you. But a perspective that we need to have and adopt. When? Always. For what? For all things. To whom? To God the Father through the Lord Jesus. The mark of a saved spiritual believer is someone who is always giving thanks. It marks our prayers. It marks our life that we are a thankful people, aware of who God is and what he has done and aware of our own desperate need and therefore thankful. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Let me finish with these three scriptures. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Don't worry, don't be anxious. Pray about everything and be thankful in the midst of that. Let your requests be made known to God. So thank God. Pray, ask God for something and give thanks in advance. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. Paul's instructions to the Christians then and the Spirit of God to us is devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Devote yourself to prayer. Keep alert in it. Look for the answers with thanksgiving. Thanks to God. And finally, Hebrews 13. Heavenly Father, this week, help us to stop rushing in the midst of our, all of us, our busy lives, and to start looking, looking in your word, the Bible, but also looking into our life situations and circumstances. So Lord, when we read your word, show us yourself, because we want to know you more intimately, more personally, more genuinely. Help us discover how you work and what you have promised and to incorporate that into our thinking and therefore Lord into our prayer life and our conversation with you 
Lord, also this week, open our eyes to see your hand at work in each of our life situations. We acknowledge that your ways and your thoughts are high above us and that you operate at a level which is very different. We just simply want to increasingly understand you and observe you and to work with you. Help us, Lord, maybe even each day to find time to look back over the day and to give you thanks for that particular day. And finally, Lord, don't just teach us about yourself and what you're like and what you're doing, but remove the curtains from our own eyes and increase our awareness of our own true selves, our own inadequacies, our own frailties, our own fallenness, so that we might genuinely humble ourselves realistically before you and be grateful to you that you are our Saviour in all situations. And Lord, may the truth of tonight's text, may your spirit control and influence us that we might thank you at all times and in all situations for your own glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.